We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, but with today, we have special guest co-host Professor Anders Walker here in studio, live on 590, 590TheFan.com, also the official home here in St. Louis, the Fighting Illini, my Fighting Illini for uh, all your football and basketball action. Uh, had a tough loss on uh, Friday night uh, to the Maryland Terrapins. Would have been a nice win to go up 2-0 but, uh, in the Big Ten schedule, but uh, they dropped a 1-3, and it's looking like another another tough year for the Illini uh, from a football standpoint. So did you watch that game on uh, Friday night? Did you catch any of it? I actually got home just in time for the bitter tail end. I was able to listen to a lot of it here on 590 The Fan. Oh, nice. But just got back in time for the bitter, bitter end, the final field goal. Mm. Mm. Brutal. But it's kind of fun, Friday Night Lights. That's kind of neat that they uh, had a Friday night game. You don't see that. Oh, yeah. You don't see that often. Um, Professor Walker, welcome back again. Um, My former... Law school professor, constitutional law, criminal law. What do you What do you got going on this semester? What do you What do you teach in, uh, the the young students at uh, St. Louis University this semester? This semester is criminal law and American legal history. Great course. That's probably one of the most popular courses at the law school. Would you agree with that? Uh, it used to be, but then you <laughs> left. <laughs> yeah. So that that brought it down a little bit. It brought it down a little bit. Yeah, we talked last time. I wrote the the. Uh, one of the one of the papers for your uh, class talking about how we needed to bring an NFL stadium to East St. Louis, revitalize the riverfront, keep the Rams here. This was in 2010, for foreshadowing them eventually leaving altogether. I think that was even discussed in the paper. Like, hey, we need to rejuvenate the riverfront. This will bring you know revitalization to a blighted area of the St. Louis region, even though it's not in Missouri, East St. Louis, and here we are in 2021, no football team, and East St. Louis sits continuing to, to decay, if you will. That was a great paper. Thank you. Thank you. Clip that off, Dave. Clip that off. Um, all right. This uh, next segment, I want to talk about this Bob Woodward book called Peril. I don't know if you've read the Cliff Notes or if you've actually – I don't even know if it's out yet. It feels like the book has already been copy and pasted almost every news organization. Um, but in the book – he details uh, the last, I guess, days or months of the Trump administration sort of leading up to the election, but then post-election and up until the January 6th uh, riots at the Capitol. Um, but what's most striking about this book is it talks about General Milley, who is really recently was sort of embarrassed by the whole Afghanistan fiasco. He was he's he's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, so his job is to serve as the liaison between the military apparatus and the president. Basically the president's advisor. And Trump hired him to be that for him as well. Biden kept him on in the same role. And in the book, they say that Milley, I guess became so concerned about Donald Trump's behavior. He just extraordinary steps that he took. Uh, in that role that you might argue in and of itself is an insurrection. You got a guy who's a subordinate of the president of the United States calling Chinese officials behind his back, telling them not to worry. We're not going to attack you. And if we do attack you, I'm going to give you a warning in advance. I mean, as an American legal history scholar, is that not treason? Is that not a form of insurrection? 
Well, the way Woodward describes it, it comes close. I don't know what Milley's defense is. If he had some mill-mill communications with China that were approved. But they were not approved. They were not approved by the president. Here's what's interesting to me is Biden has pretty much not said anything. I think he's defending him. And Biden has defended the military through the whole Afghanistan thing. And then we just heard about this. There's some uh, family that was hit with a drone. But contrast that to Trump. How many generals did he fire? And remember all the things he said about U.S. military in France. He didn't want to go visit the graveyards because they were losers. And then remember what he said about John McCain. Reportedly. Right. Biden, to his credit, has actually stuck by the military. And I don't know about this Milley thing. I guess there's going to be some kind of investigation. There has to be. I think there has to be. Trump's already said he was a traitor. So, So Trump would have fired him off the bat. And... I just find it interesting that the Biden, I think this is the traditional, the president sticks by the military and he will cover for him. Trump did not do that. I'm going to push back on that a second. So I don't believe Trump did not stand with the military. I think Trump was skeptical of just taking whatever the Pentagon says as, as gospel. Okay. The Pentagon is one of the most bloated, uh, pieces of our, our whole national government. I mean, when you think about the spending that goes on there, you have a lot of career guys like Millie. I mean, Millie is obviously, you know, a hero in, in the sense of being a, a, a soldier and a, and a, you know, willing to put his life on the line for others. But that doesn't mean that the president pushing back on what the, you know, top leaders of the Pentagon or what these military officials want to do as far as spending, going to war, fighting endless wars. I mean, look at Afghanistan. I think you had presidents over the course of many years who were afraid to stand up and say, no, this is crazy. We can't keep fighting this war. There's no end in sight here. There's no strategic interest furthered by the U.S. continuing to fight the Taliban. Now, that might sound like I'm defending Joe Biden. I'm certainly not. Right. Trump didn't get us out of Afghanistan. It was Joe Biden. Well, but Trump was the one who had the plans in place to get out of Afghanistan. Now, you can argue about the ultimate you know the way we got out was nothing short of a disaster and i don't know if any but any president could have gotten out of there without there being some sort of life lost or, or you know a, a, a dispute with the taliban but i will say it seems like trump would not have left 80 billion in military equipment behind it almost seems as though trump was willing to make a deal with the devil that is the taliban and basically acknowledge that they were going to take back the country Whereas Biden's mistake was, hey, we want this Afghani government to stand up on its own without us, which everyone seems to think that was never going to happen either way. And so that's why they left the equipment. That's why they didn't tell Americans to get out. That was a huge miscalculation because the country basically collapsed overnight. And that led to the chaotic ultimate withdrawal and leaving all the equipment and not having an airbase. How do we not keep an airbase there? So, so, Mark, this is how it works. The president sits in the Oval Office and tells people what to do. The president doesn't go to Afghanistan and say, burn those Jeeps, get rid of those tanks. It's the military. Right. They handle all that. So Trump probably would have done the same thing as Biden. Get out. Call me when it's over. Biden is stuck up for the military. They handled it. Maybe it didn't go perfectly, but he hasn't said anything. And Trump did not. It was, he fired. It was Mattis, Kelly, Dunford, Amos, Allen. I mean, it was like a road, it was like, Musical chairs. Mm-hmm. 
and then he kissed Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Remember that? So, so as a as a U.S. Him. history teacher, history I think the verdict is still out on how we're going to remember <clears throat> Trump and the military, and I don't know if it's going to be positive. Well, but okay, so putting aside his relationship with the military, it's hard to argue against his four years and the foreign policy that led to no conflicts. I mean, it seemed like we had the respect and the fear of the Chinese, the Russians contrast that to now you're laughing. You're laughing. I think the Russians liked Trump. I don't know if they feared him. Oh, I think so. More, much more so than, than Biden. And maybe the fear was based on him being sort of erratic, which is what this Millie, you know, his excuse, if he has an excuse, it's that Donald Trump lost his mind after he lost the election. I was the, I was going to be the, the rock, if you will. I was going to keep this thing from burning to the ground. So I'm going to go around his back, alert the Chinese that all is well. I'm here. Don't worry. General Milley's got your back. This is a foreign adversary. You don't tell the enemy that I'm going to tell you if we, if we attack you. That's treason. Point, point taken. So that, regardless of what you think about Trump, we still have constitutional safeguards that don't include the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff going around the president's back. If he's so, if he's, you know, that's why you, you talk about the 25th Amendment, invoking that to remove the president. If he was so out of control, then his cabinet could have convened and removed him. Well, I will say this. <clears throat> so in, I don't know if I buy it. In, in Trump's defense, he had all kinds of problems within his cabinet. Mm -hmm. And he had people in the White House who I think were undermining him. And that's not good for business. You know, the, the people elected him president, and he's the commander-in-chief. That's my Full point. Full stop. So if you don't like him, then quit. But don't undermine the president of the United States of America, whoever it is. I agree. And that's, that's what's so disturbing is there is also a report of Milley communicating with Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi insisting that he take control of the nuclear football, the nuclear launch codes, because she was afraid he... That Trump, I mean, like, really, you think Trump was going to drop a nuclear bomb on somebody because he was upset about losing the election? No, that's an important point, Mark. We have a civilian president and not a military dictatorship, and we need to remember that. The founders were very concerned that a standing army might try to take over the government. That's why they wanted to arm citizen militia. So whoever the president is, I think we have to respect the office. And then we have to be very clear about the chain of command, especially when it comes to dealing with foreign adversaries, rivals, whatever you want to call them. And that's what makes I this agree. Tre treasonous, because you cannot have a military leader effectively acting as the de facto commander-in-chief. I mean, right. he's, he's basically saying to China, hey, don't listen, to, you know, don't worry about Trump. I'm, I'm in charge here. And that's, to your point, that's exactly what the founders didn't want to happen. They didn't want a military apparatus that would basically usurp the civilian elected officials. That's right. So we agreed. Trump was a great president. He's great <laughs> on foreign policy. <laughs> Biden is a disaster. Can we agree on that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess the jury, you're saying the jury's still out. They might all be a disaster. All right. Well, but democracy is the best of all possible options out there. So absolutely. Capitalist free market democracy. That's what we need in this country. Do you agree with that? Yes, capitalism works. <laughs> Everybody agrees with that, even China. Look, and, and I'll make this point. Capitalism isn't necessarily 
equal outcomes, right? And that's the other thing we talked about earlier, this, this idea that, you know, we're going to create a system that treats everyone fairly, every, you know, everyone's going to have, you know, their fair share. They're going to have this. No, it's America was always about equal opportunity. That's what it's about. You're going to have winners. You're going to have losers. And that's what's so frustrating about the tax plan we talked about earlier. It's like they're wanting to tax the wealthy almost as a, as a, a means of punishing success. As opposed to having like a reason to do, you know, like a, a rational, hey, this is better for our country if we, like you said, the, the, the Scandinavian countries seem to have it right, which is why would we tax the people who are creating all the jobs and creating all the wealth in our country? And they've seen it work. They've seen that, you know, taxing everyone equally actually leads to better outcomes in terms of attracting new business, new opportunity. Ultimately, all boats rise versus the, the, the socialist model, which is let's tax Let's let's punish the, the successful and redistribute their, their wealth to others. That's that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Countries fail over socialism. That's right. That's what Europe learned. And they, they tried it. Well, how come China's work? not failing? Or do you feel like that could still happen? So China's imported capitalism. It's it's I don't think China's communist. I think it is capitalism with Chinese characteristics. They've imported a variety of market features. Take, for example, their trade deals with the entire world. Everything I'm wearing right now is made in China, except for my shoes, which are made in America. I just paid three hundred dollars for them because I'm <laughs> shifting my wardrobe to, to U.S. Buy America. Buy America. Buy Miller furniture. But Buy American. These are the only pair of shoes I have right now because they cost so much. Those Sperry's. Sperry no, Sperry's are made in China. Ugh. I had a pair of Sperry's and they're made in China. Ugh. I threw them away. These are Oak <laughs> Street made in Chicago, everybody. But China's doing trade with everyone. That's not communism. China's got private property. China's got markets. They just have heavy government control. And I don't know if it's going to work. Well, so I, do we. I, I don't think it is. I think we have more innovation and creativity. And so we will prevail. But they, they don't really have a communist system. Well, but they also, you mentioned property. I mean, they don't really have, you don't really own anything there. Is that fair? I mean, in terms of, like, that's what makes our country unique in terms of innovation is the property rights, whether it be IP, intellectual property, trademarks, copyrights, those things. I mean, there it all kind of belongs to the government. Whereas here, if you go out and you, you create something, you invent something, that's yours. You own that and you, you can profit off it. Well, I think they've allowed for a private sector to evolve. That's people like Jack Ma, but they are under heavy government surveillance. But didn't he go to prison? He disappeared for a while. <laughs> then he came back after he said that Beijing runs their tech economy like a pawn shop. He disappeared. Then he came back and said, I'm going to focus on rural poverty. <laughs> so the Chinese government has got their thumb on their private sector, and that could squelch their private sector because they're getting a lot of technology from us, and in the long run, that's not sustainable for China. Mm. You're right, in the United States, we have a lot more private sector freedom. Hopefully and, that, that stays. I don't know, I'm yeah, concerned. because that's what works. Yeah, I agree. All right, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with special guest co-host, Professor Anders Walker. Professor Walker uh, at St. Louis University School of Law, not far from the Rosalitas downtown on Washington Avenue. Maybe uh, go grab lunch there sometime, happy hour, I'm sure. You enjoy the chips and salsa, the margaritas, partake there. You can check them out there. You can also check them out out west near my office in De Pere on Manchester Road. One of the best happy hours you'll find. Great brunch today, also Sunday. If you're looking for a good brunch spot, you're driving around, listening to 590, be sure to check out rosalitascantina.com for all their menus, their specials, their hours. 
at both locations. All right, you listen to the Mark Milton Show. When we come back, we're going to wrap up, give everybody an update on the St. Louis earnings tax lawsuit. We had a big hearing this week downtown. I want to tell listeners about that. All right, you listen to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios here at 590 and 590thefan.com.